Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Michael Reed on LMFM. This week, uh, the housing charity Threshold uh, published its annual report for 2018, showing how it helped keep 11,500 people in their homes over the course of uh, the 12 months involved. That's 11,500 people, 11,500 stories and some very different stories at that. She was six months pregnant when she explained the situation to her landlady. The landlady told her she would have to leave before the baby arrived. Her excuse was that the neighbours in the apartments wouldn't like the crime. She waited until late in her pregnancy to tell the landlady because she was afraid of what the reaction might be. These are the words reported in today's echo of Conor Lynch of Threshold, telling of the experience of one renter in Cork. Can you even begin to imagine the stress that heartlessness would have had on that woman? the worry, the anxiety, and she is far from alone. Threshold say that this is not an isolated case and recount another incident of a pregnant woman who was living in private rented accommodation where a new baby was not wanted by the landlord. She ended up moving into homeless accommodation with her newborn. John Mark McCafferty is uh, the Chief Executive of uh, Threshold. He's on the line with us. And a very good morning to you, John Mark, and thanks as always uh, for joining us. Uh, some uh, incredible stories, some of us might think, told by Donica O'Leary to the doll there yesterday. That's right, Michael, and um, thanks for the opportunity. So, I mean, what happened yesterday was interesting in the sense that this, this story broke um, in relation to uh, this uh, poor woman who was pregnant and worried about losing her home. Now, in the end, through the work of Threshold, um, uh, her tenancy was saved, in fact. Um, but what also broke yesterday was the launch of our annual report. So these two stories happening um, simultaneously, uh, showing the, the difference and the impact that Threshold makes, um, especially through our tenancy protection service. And uh, the report shows that our service has saved over 11,000 people. So that's 11,000 stories, families, uh, you know, parents, children who are in their homes, in their rented homes and not in emergency accommodation. And that's 11,499 stories in addition to the one that we heard uh, that would make us all stop to think. Yeah, and I guess it makes us stop to think because of how precarious um, certain tenancies are and a growing number of us are renting and we're renting for for more of our lives than in the past. Um, And I guess the spectre hanging over many families and and, and people is Mm. 
will our landlord um, end this tenancy at some point through no fault of our own? Will they sell? Um, does one of the landlord's relatives want to move in? Are they going to do substantial renovation? Are they going to just end the tenancy at the end of our... Of uh, and for whatever the reason, we know that people are, are being moved out uh, and uh, that it's not because they did anything wrong. Each month, uh, the homeless figures are, are published and each month they get worse. More people are, are in a homeless situa- situation. We ask the government each month, why is that? If you're doing so much, if you're helping so many people, why are there more people homeless? And they say, well, more people are becoming homeless than we're housing. Uh, and you found that three quarters of the people who were evicted... Uh, were not guilty of wrongdoing. Yeah, so three quarters were, if you like, no-fault evictions. People found themselves uh, confronted with a, a notice of termination uh, when they, you know, they hadn't done anything wrong themselves. It wasn't a case of, you know, rent arrears or antisocial behaviour. Um, it was a case of um, uh, the landlord using, uh, being able to use, I guess, mm-hmm. the law at their disposal to end the tenancy at a certain time, and. Um, we're working and advising tenants right across the country um, through our helpline 1800 454 454 and also in our face-to-face um, clinics in, in Dublin, Cork and Galway and, and certain outreach um, areas. Mm. Um, listening to the stories of families and, and individuals and also trying to build cases, um, whether that's talking to the Department of Social Protection for a rent supplement increase or whether it's trying to negotiate with a landlord or indeed our growing caseload of representation where we where we either represent um, tenants at the residential tenancies board at hearings or where we um, assist people to represent themselves where they have the capacity to do so at those hearings and often that's about you know the, the hearing uh, the outcome of that hearing will determine whether or not um, a family can can hold on to their home so our work has intensified in that regard. We're doing a lot more of the kind of tailored advice and um, casework and representing um, renters um, in, in the cities and in the t- provincial towns um, at hearings, you know, and those cases may be, you know, may originate anywhere. Uh, it could be, you know, Cavan, Monaghan, Louth, Mead. Mm-hmm. Um, so that work has really kind of uh, got more in-depth. Um, and I guess the point we're making is yes um the housing the homeless figures are deteriorating they're uh, they're worse than they've ever been however without the work of charities like ourselves and it's not just ourselves mm-hmm. you know there are other charities in the mix but from a from a threshold point of view um we believe that um there would be uh, at least double uh, the number of people who are currently in emergency accommodation if it wasn't for our our work because we we worked with families and individuals whose tenancies were at risk, they received mm. notice of termination or a rent increase that they couldn't afford or other issues that really put their, their tenancy in jeopardy. Well, there's more people who continue to live in their homes uh, than there are on the homeless uh, list. Uh, 11,500 yes. people remain in their homes because of your intervention. Uh, there's 10,500 people uh, who are considered to be homeless. So uh, the maths are simple. Uh, it would be in the region of uh, twenty. 2,000, isn't it, if Threshold hadn't been there uh, to help those people stay in their homes. But when people have been asked to leave through no fault of their own, you say that three quarters uh, of them, at least, uh, have been asked to leave through no fault of their own. Uh, Is it that the landlord was entitled to ask them to leave? 
Um, There was was a mixture there. Um, Over half of the notices of termination were invalid. Now, um, they were invalid for for two main reasons. One, um, there may have been an entitlement, but the the notice was um, was wrongly written or wrongly issued. They hadn't the landlord hadn't followed the regulations mm-hmm. in terms of giving people you know um, proper notice and mm-hmm. all of that, and the paperwork wasn't um, in place. I guess for other invalid notices, it was because um, they there wasn't a grounds for the landlord to end those tenancies. So um, I think it's important to say that all of those notices of termination, the majority were either um, technically incorrect or the landlord didn't have grounds. Now, for the remainder of those notices of termination, the landlord did have grounds because there are a variety of ways in which a landlord is entitled to end a tenancy. Selling the property, um, substantial renovation. Now, the bar for that is very high now. You have to do a lot of renovation in order to um, be able to end um and a tenancy, um, and also um, if a family member of the landlord, the landlord or a family member, close family member, wishes to move in, that's another reason uh, for for ending the tenancy. Mm. I guess if you come to the end of your six year tenancy, your thing called a part four tenancy, a landlord can end it um, also. So there are a variety of um, ways in which a landlord is entitled to end those tenancies, and and I guess families and individuals um, face that worry. Um, that their mm. landlord can um, end those tenancies in that way, um, and, and we're working with that. And you know, I guess we can't save every tenancy um, mm. because the, the the law is um, somehow attempting to balance the rights and responsibilities of both the tenants and the landlords. But we can help to um, challenge those notices of termination. We can uh, negotiate with landlords so that um, they may moderate the 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 rent increases or or, or, or not uh, go ahead with the rent increase mm. or indeed find some kind of solution between landlord and tenant uh, that otherwise might not be the case. And who is um, the tenant in uh, the circumstances that you're assisting people? Because quite often uh, the tenant is de facto the council uh, because uh, landlords are being paid by the council under the HAP scheme uh, and uh, then uh, they've uh, made that accommodation available to somebody else. But are you talking about people who are working in the private sector who are renting privately? We're assisting people across the board. Uh, The majority of people we're assisting are on you know, middle to, to low incomes. Many are HAP tenants and, and HAP issues arise uh, frequently. Um, but you can uh, find a situation where we advise and assist um, people who are working full-time, working in a variety mm. of settings, either they themselves are, are, are you know, government employees. Or but does that not highlight a, a failure on the part of the local council? Um, well, th- th- there's a failure on behalf of the, the state, whether it's central government or mm. local government, to house its population. Um, and that, that's going back 30 years. That's going back to, you know, decades of underinvestment um, in social housing mm. and relying on the private sector to provide housing. Now, you know, the, relying on the private sector to provide housing at one level is okay mm. if the private rented sector housing is affordable, is of good quality, and where you have, you know, long um, 
tenancies, you know, people stay mm-hmm. for 10, 20, 30 years. But, but there is a contract, isn't there, between uh, the landlord and uh, the local authority, the council, uh, when it comes uh, to the HAP scheme. And uh, if the landlord issues an invalid notice, surely that's a breach of contract with the council. Now, when it comes to HAP, um, of course, th- there are certain uh, benefits to being on HAP compared to, you know, say the rent supplement uh, scheme in general terms. But um, if you're a family um, in receipt, uh, and you're, if you like, uh, your landlord is in receipt of HAP, mm. there, are, there are a couple of issues there. One, um, you still have to top up uh, and pay more over and above what would be a social, um, mm. a local authority rent. Mm. Um, and you may even be topping up over and above that. And you are still subject to the, the vagaries of the private rental sector, you mm-hmm. don't have guaranteed security of tenure. You, mm. you know, you don't have the same rights that a, a local authority tenant would have. No, of course not. So, but there is a contract, is there not, between the local authority and the landlord? There is. But uh, if, and if uh, the landlord issues an invalid notice, is that not a breach of contract? Should the, in other words, should the council not be intervening in those circumstances? I guess where a landlord is, you know, issuing an invalid notice, it's it's now the preserve of the Residential Tenancies Board. Um, and the one welcome thing is that uh, legislation in the summer, mm. uh, last summer, came in and it does strengthen the investigative and sanctions powers of the Residential Tenancies Board when it comes to landlords issuing invalid notices. Um, and But it does require people to report them. Um, and then sometimes... Mm. It might not be that individual that will gain from that case. It might be future tenants uh, Mm. that might benefit from that landlord being challenged. Fair enough, but I I don't understand why the council wouldn't be taking the case uh, to the Residential Tenancies Board. Uh, I mean, uh, the council will look for the landlord to have a rent book and all these kind of things and uh, different regulations that are in place, and it would seem to be a fairly strict contract that the council insists uh, being met to the letter, but when somebody tries to evict somebody and illegally evict somebody, they stand idly by from what you're saying. Well, I guess... um the tenant is, is on their own at one level, you know, been a HAP tenant. They, they just simply don't have the protections that you would have mm. if you were a local authority tenant. Um, and so the HAP tenants can find themselves mm-hmm. paying over over the odds for, for their, their rent, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if that landlord um, uses one of the grounds in which they can end a tenancy, uh, then the the tenant is is at the mercy of, of of that landlord's decisions, and I guess that's where threshold comes in. Okay, and let's uh, give your number then uh, on that note uh, because our, our time is actually up, John Mark. But if uh, people do want help and assistance, uh, that's what threshold is there for. As you say, your number is one eight hundred four five four. Four five four. Thank you indeed for joining us here on the programme this Thank morning. You. Thank you very much. John Mark McCafferty, Chief Executive with Threshold. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.
The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.